0: The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 219 is entitled, Tyranny Against Christianity, Part 2. One can gauge the moral climate of a society by studying that which drives the economy. Today, billions of dollars are spent on divorce, abortion, games, toys. Alcohol, drugs, recreation, sports, gambling, leisure, luxury, cosmetics, plastic surgery, elixirs of youth, sexually charged movies, fine homes, fancy cars, expensive clothes, etc. We live in a hedonistic age. Some even prefer the virtual world over the real world. And in the confusion, a growing number of college youth, controlled by their liberal professors, are traumatized and sent to counseling by simply hearing views that oppose their own borrowed opinions. The greatest surprise of a decadent age is that people lose the ability to be surprised. A ten-year-old may hear about erectile dysfunction several times a day while watching a children's program. Once upon a time in American history, abnormal applied to those who lived outside the Judeo-Christian code of morality, commonly called the Ten Commandments. Today, The only people considered abnormal are those who cling to discarded Christian traditions and hold to the Ten Commandments. Some psychologists and counseling patients condemn Christianity for imposing guilt upon those who violate the laws of Christ, as if the teachings of Christ are the culprit for the breakdown of society, rather than the consequences of violation of moral laws. Virtues taught by the church are said to be detrimental to youth because they create too much guilt and stress. What they fail to comprehend is that the human misery that comes because of violating the Ten Commandments is far worse than the inconvenience of a burning conscience that may lead to a correction of actions. Conscience is not our enemy. The absence of truth is our enemy. To validate bad behavior just leads to more bad behavior and greater misery. Religion, particularly Christianity, is being forced out of our culture Because good and evil, which have been traditionally defined by the Christian Bible, have become inconvenient, and society wants to replace restrictive traditional values with their own liberal system of ethics. That is why the Bible must be removed from the courtrooms, prayer from schools, Christian celebration from public places, Christian rituals such as baptism or places of meditation from government lands, and crosses from graveyards, and even churches and jewelry adorning the necks of believers. All symbols of the rejected religion must be removed because they are a reminder of the conservative philosophy. They stir up the grumblings of an old conscience that society wants to remain quiet. Old conscience, you old crocodile, camouflaged in the swamp of our muddy lives, ready to op- open your powerful jaws and with a quick sharp snap rip apart our peace just when we thought you were sleeping. Those who insist on man made ethics want nothing to do with agency because they want nothing to do with good and evil. Absolute values are a hindrance. They only want freedom. They want freedom from conscience, freedom from traditions, freedom from what they see as archaic, oppressive, and passe, and freedom from consequences. The New World Order plays into the hands of those seeking power. Sin is an easy sell. We legalize prostitution, gambling, marijuana the lottery pornography abortion and many other things that bring in huge revenues such as alcohol and tobacco a government that has the power to determine ethics has the power to control conscience and therefore can gain greater control over the people god is necessary to a totalitarian state just not the christian god machiavelli would be pleased Ethics laid down as law and couched in clever aphorisms are mere opinions of those in power used to manipulate the masses. They determine what is good and what is bad, not by what they do, but by what they allow you to do. They want to be your conscience. Furthermore, what once was forbidden can now be used as bribes. Laws become corrupted to accommodate sin and punish virtue. The sale of indulgences which caused the Protestant Reformation has returned. However, it is now practiced by the left as they usher in the new world order. Perhaps we too need a restoration, not of religion, but of government. Our government that has abandoned its original values established by our forefathers now seeks to take us into a new world order. When morality seeks the authority of the majority for validation, then loss of freedom is not far behind. When virtue is subject to public opinion rather than to absolute standards, Then the moral landslide begins, and we all slide down the slippery slope of sin in an act that would have astonished a former age. The Liberal Party, in hopes of winning the college-age vote, promised not only to absolve student debts, but to distribute free condoms to college women so they could continue a promiscuous lifestyle. Free condoms became a national debate in a presidential election. Those who opposed, mostly because they did not want their college daughters exposed to such a prurient lifestyle, were accused of hating women. If that doesn't reduce politics to the absurd, how about the present congressional debate over whether or not men can bear children? Why not debate on whether or not water can run uphill? Imagine our forefathers of 1776, who risked their lives by signing the Declaration of Independence, overhearing the debates in the sacred halls of Congress, In the decade of 2020, what would they think? One congressperson said abortion was a good way to reduce inflation. A leading senatorial candidate wanted to release murderers from prisons, establish the state of Pennsylvania as a sanctuary state, and provide safe injection sites for heroin addicts. But think of the other issues they would hear just about gender. One, should it be unlawful to use personal pronouns before a person announces their gender? Two, Should it be unlawful to determine gender through anatomy? Three, should parents be informed that their fourth grader, who went to school as a boy, may, through the persuasion of the teacher, come home as a girl, or who went to school as a girl may come home as a boy? Four, should it be unlawful for parents to tell their children what gender they are? Five, should parents have any authority over their children while they are at school? Six, should parents have any say in what is being taught to their children? Seven, should boys have access to girls' bathrooms because they identify as a girl? Eight, should parents be informed that the school is teaching pornography to their children? Nine, should parents have the right to prevent medical sex changes to their children? Ten, should boys, by claiming they are girls, be able to compete against girls in sports? They would think that we were insane. What other conclusion could they draw? Legalization of marijuana, free abortion and free birth control, along with other free stuff, are now promised rare youth in exchange for their votes. Such acts would not have been conceivable in a nation ruled by absolute values. Agency is based on the knowledge of absolute good and absolute evil. A nation that wants to become the conscience of the people must remove all symbols that remind them of moral absolutes or old-time religion. The confusion comes because all people believe in good and bad, But not all people believe in absolute good and absolute evil. Everyone has a conscience, but not everyone allows their conscience to be ruled by absolute truth. Even criminals have codes of conduct that rule their conscience. I remember once hearing an interview with a mafia hitman, then under government protection, a serial killer, confessing, I am paraphrasing, I have no guilt for those murders I committed. They deserved to die. As shocking as it sounds, it is surprisingly easy to comprehend his point of view. He lives outside the law. His government was the mafia, and he was a soldier doing his duty. He served his master. He only felt guilt when he betrayed his master. We assign our conscience to our masters, whether that master is a country, a person, a criminal organization, a cause, a political party, the devil, or God. Perhaps the greatest attribute of agency is that it deals only with absolutes. Agency is a gift of God, protected by God, and relies entirely upon true knowledge of good and evil, and obedience to the absolute laws of God. A world where good is considered evil, and evil is considered good, may have freedom, but they do not have agency. Freedom is ruled by man-made law. Agency is ruled entirely by the laws of God. Freedom and liberty are at the mercy of agency. When agency is lost, freedom and liberty will die a slow and painful death. When we lose agency, the ability to discern between absolute good and absolute evil, freedom and liberty will eventually be consumed by spontaneous combustion, like an unoiled machine running at high speeds. The engines have started, and the metal is heating up.